The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by T. Rowe Price. Check out The Confident Wallet, a personal finance podcast series by T. Rowe Price and the Washington Post Brand Studio. Coming soon to wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm James Hellman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Thursday, January 11th. In today's news, President Trump backs away from his pledge to cooperate with Bob Mueller. Daryl Issa's retirement is giving some Republicans flashbacks to 2006. And coastal states are outraged that Florida gets an exemption from Trump's offshore drilling order, but they don't. First, though, the big idea. Multiple Trump nominees who could not get confirmed by the Republican Senate are still in positions of authority in the administration. For example, the White House withdrew Sam Clovis's nomination to be an undersecretary at the USDA in November after special counsel Bob Mueller revealed that he had encouraged foreign policy advisor George Papadopoulos to meet with Russian officials overseas during the 2016 campaign. But three months later, Clovis continues to work as a senior advisor inside the department. It's a prominent role that does not require Senate confirmation and thus leaves him unaccountable to Congress. Clovis pulled out days before his scheduled confirmation hearing, which allowed him to avoid answering tough questions and being on camera. Then there's Brett Talley. His nomination to be a federal judge in Alabama failed when multiple Republicans on the Senate Judiciary Committee turned against him. Among other things, it emerged that he had posted a defense of the first KKK online in 2011. He also failed to disclose that his wife is the chief of staff to the White House counsel on required paperwork about conflicts of interest. He's never even tried a case. But Talley continues to be the deputy assistant attorney general in the Office of Legal Policy, a position that doesn't need Senate confirmation and which, ironically, oversees the Justice Department's vetting of candidates for judicial nominations. Matthew Peterson, withdrew from consideration to be a federal judge in the D.C. District Court after one of the most cringeworthy performances during a confirmation hearing in modern times. He was unable to answer basic questions about legal procedure that were posed to him by a Republican senator from Louisiana, John Kennedy. He acknowledged that he lacks any real courtroom experience. But Peterson today remains one of the Republican commissioners on the Federal Election Commission, where he holds a pivotal vote to determine how campaign finance laws are enforced. Separately, Trump this week renominated 75 controversial picks for administration and judicial posts who couldn't make it through the Senate last year because of questions about their qualifications, temperament, or extreme views. On that list is KT McFarland, a Michael Flynn loyalist who Trump named as ambassador to Singapore after she was pushed out as deputy national security advisor. The former Fox News talking head testified under oath this summer that she was, quote, not aware of any of the issues or events surrounding Flynn's contact with Russian ambassador Sergei Kislyak. But The New York Times recently obtained emails that show she was very aware of at least one of their exchanges that Flynn subsequently lied to the FBI about. Others who Trump has renominated include a nominee who would be the first politician ever to lead NASA, a pick to lead the Council on Environmental Quality who is cast doubt on climate change, a choice to chair the Consumer Protection Safety Commission who's drawn opposition from almost every consumer group, and two judicial nominees who were rated unqualified by the American Bar Association. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, 
Trump declined to say on Wednesday whether he will sit for an interview with Mueller's team of prosecutors to discuss Russian interference in the 2016 election. Instead, the president tried to deflect questions from reporters by claiming that there is no evidence of collusion. That's a shift from his previous remarks. Last summer, after former FBI Director Jim Comey essentially accused the president of obstruction of justice during sworn testimony before Congress, Trump said he would be willing to testify under oath to dispute Comey's claims. Trump also said just last weekend that he would fully cooperate with Mueller's investigation. So something significant has changed internally in the past few days. The White House is acting scared. Meanwhile, Mueller continues staffing up. He added a veteran cyber prosecutor to his team. That potentially signals a heightened focus on computer crimes. Legal analysts say that one charge Mueller might pursue is conspiracy to violate the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act. He would have to demonstrate that members of Trump's team conspired in Russia's hacking effort to influence the election. Number two, Republican Congressman Darrell Issa announced that he will not seek re-election in his Southern California district, bolstering fears on the Republican side of a blue wave in November. Issa is the fourth Republican representative from a district carried by Hillary Clinton to announce that he won't seek another term. The number of House Republicans who are planning to forego re-election this year is now outpacing both 1994 and 2006. Retiring Republican Congressman Pat Tiberi said yesterday that 2018 increasingly feels to him like 2006. That year, Democrats picked up 31 seats and won the majority. Number three, the Trump administration's decision to exempt Florida from expanded offshore drilling at the request of Republican Governor Rick Scott has prompted an uproar from leaders in other coastal states who also want an exemption. The Florida carve-out created new doubts about the fate of the entire offshore drilling decision and immediately became yet another headache for Republicans as they try to hold off Democrats in the midterms. Nine of the 11 states impacted by the drilling order that have come out against it have gubernatorial races this year. Many of the most competitive House races are taking place in districts that touch the coastline. And Republicans running in these places know that the majority of their constituents are strongly against this new drilling plan unveiled by Trump. So they're moving rapidly to distance themselves and to try and stop it. The White House declines to say whether Trump was personally involved in the decision to exempt Florida. Republicans who represent other coastal states are suggesting something nefarious. Mark Sanford, a Republican congressman from South Carolina, a former governor who represents his state's Atlantic coastline, said that the president is treating his state differently because he doesn't own property there. He said Trump's decision ensures that there won't be oil rigs near Mar-a-Lago, but he said the president apparently thinks it's okay to put oil rigs on the beaches of Hilton Head and Charleston. And that's The Daily 202 for Thursday, January 11th. Thanks so much for listening. I'm James Holman, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.